Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather coming at you on a Wednesday morning. Joining me now, the head football coach of the 16th-ranked Louisiana Raging Cajuns in the final polls, Michael Desermo, our guest. Uh, good morning, Coach. I know you're busy, man. Always appreciate you taking the time. How are you? Absolutely, man. Good morning. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, excited to have the guys back on campus and get it rolling again for sure. Yeah, that, that's my first question, right? Uh, the team, I know that was their first day back yesterday. How did it feel to just, after, I guess, a, you know, a busy stretch for you, certainly, between the New Orleans Bowl and yesterday, just having the guys back in the facility? It's always great when they're back in the building. You know, um, that's why we do it. You know, I mean, that's 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 the part that you love about it is, is having the kids here and, and working with them and being around them. So, um it felt a little bit like a ghost town around here, to be honest with you. You know, when, when we gave a lot of the coaches gave gave them time off to to take a break too. So, uh, you know, it was good to have everybody back in here and hear some noise and have people run around, have a little little energy in the building. How would you describe the hiring process over the last few weeks in in filling out your coaching staff? Well, you know, I mean. It's busy, and you know you have to make sure that you you know you, you do due diligence, and you got to make sure you talk to to enough people and, and and do it the right way to make sure that you're making the right decisions. Now, I was very fortunate, though. Um, you know, really, the guys that that I kind of circled around and said, "All right, this is it." They they accepted the job, so I was very fortunate. We didn't have to go very far down the list uh, to get these guys over here. Um, I think it says a lot about this place and the value that they see in it. Um, you know, but, you know, for the most part, these guys were really excited to, to get over here and, and get get to work and, and help continue to build this thing that we started. You know, when it comes to, to hires, I know there's like a, a formality kind of process and it takes a little while, but ha- has had a good bit of it been done maybe like for a little while before the announcements are made? Like, was it was the process not as long as maybe some thought or was it pretty much the bulk of of the time from the New Orleans Bowl until just, you know, in the last week or so? No, a lot of it was done long before that. Um, you know, you, you got to go through all the HR processes and you got to do all that stuff. And then, you know, what people don't understand is that the university's closed for the for Christmas, you know. So um, getting all that stuff done takes a little bit longer, you know. I mean, you know, the, the thing about, about hiring, and I'm not like a check the boxes, just kind of talk to people just to do it. Um, there's a lot of really good coaches out there. A lot of guys that, you know, that I'm friends with that, you know, that's the difficult part of it, right. Is, is telling people that you really respect, that you think the world of, um, you know, that, that you're, that you're hiring someone else, you know, and it has uh-huh. nothing to do with them not being capable of doing it, or it's just kind of the right fit at the right time at this particular place, you know? So that's the difficulty in it. Um, you know, but as far as, as, the guys that accepted the job in the timeline, you know, those guys were awesome. I mean, they, like I said, they were, they were jumping in, they were ready to go with both feet. So that, that stuff made it, made it a little bit easier for sure. You said Monday uh, that 70% of your support staff had been hired, right? Coaching staff taking care of but that support staff. Is that still the number or has it increased a little bit over the last few days? It, it's increased a little bit over the last couple of days, you know, and, and which I, I assumed it would, um, you know, what you got to kind of remember is that everybody kind of fills out their staff a little bit the same way. 
you know, you kind of start with, with what's going on with your on-the-field guys, obviously, right? That's where you got to start, and then you go from there. So, um, you know, as as these guys all over the place, right, all over the country, as, as their futures start to kind of, you know, kind of, I guess, uh, clear up and they can kind of start to see what they're going to do, then you start getting answers on who's going where and, and things like that. So, no, it's it's certainly, um, you know, they, daily you feel like you're getting a little bit closer to filling it all the way out. Um, and, and we, you know, we're certainly getting closer there, you know, with, with the GA spots and the QCs and getting them all filled in. Louisiana head football coach, Michael Desimo, our guest, this is ESPN Lafayette. You know, familiarity is a big part of coaching, regardless of where you are, right? Whether it's UL, whether it's Oregon, it doesn't matter. You know, a coach, typically a head coach is going to have guys on his staff that he's, he's coached with before. He knows on some level. I think you being an alum of UL and having spent your your coaching at your alma mater, the familiarity also doesn't just center around you, but also around UL. So I guess what I'm getting at, Coach, is when you call a guy like a Lamar Morgan to be your D coordinator and he accepts, how much of the decision for him is personal and how much of it is business, just knowing his history at the school? Well, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's probably 50-50 because, you know, the opportunity, you know, for him, you know, Lamar's worked a long time under a lot of really good football coaches to get himself in position for a coordinator job. So, um, you know, it's business in the sense that he's earned it every step of the way and he's positioned himself for this. I think it's personal because I think, you know, Lamar's obviously got a soft place in his heart for, for this place. Um, you know, he loves UL as much as anybody. Um, he's as proud of what's happened here as anybody. And, and really, he got to be a part of it, too, on the coaching staff, which to me makes it even better. Um, so, I mean, I think it's 50-50 for a guy like him um, to be able to come back and do it. And, you know, you take, you know, it, it just is a little bit more personal when it's when it's your school because, you know, the stakes are that much higher and, and you just you want to have success even more because of that. What's what's a call like? This is my last uh, staff-related question for you. When you call a guy like a George Munoz or a Bryant Ross, whatever, when you call these guys, let's say George, and and you want to kind of gauge their interest, I mean, I, I, you probably talk to them. You don't just call them out of the blue and say, hey, here's a job, right? There's a process. But what's that right. first phone call like when you reach out to a guy? So, you know, the first phone call, you know, again, my familiarity with all these guys, made it easy you know and i'm you know i mean you know me pretty well i'm i'm pretty light you know with it uh so you know we start talking you know just about whatever's going on kind of joking around and stuff and then it's like hey look you know here's the deal get straight to it you know um you know i got this job over here and you know this is open would you have any interest in it and you know both of those guys without hesitation said yes you know so that 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 makes you feel good about it you know because it's it's like, okay, well, you know, cool. And we might be able to make this work. So then you start talking about the particulars of it, right? Like, you know, the position. Um, I like to talk about recruiting area and things like that because that always mattered to me. Um, you know, the areas that I got to recruit um, kind of, and obviously, obviously now that's all set in stone, but you talk about that and kind of what you're thinking. And then naturally, you know, you talk about pay, you know, what, you know, what's it going to pay? I mean, that's, you know, that's always part of the equation, right? Because, you know, every one of these coaches had other options and they had other things that they were going on that they were talking to. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think for a lot of these guys being here was personal. I mean, from coach Munoz to coach Ross to coach Morgan, 
you know, and, and everybody in between. It was personal to be here, but at the same time, um, you know, you, you want to pay people what they're worth and, and, and their value and what you can. So that's always part of it, too. But really, truthfully, with <laughs> really with all of those guys, that was really the last thing that they really asked about, to be honest with you. Louisiana head coach Michael Desermo, our guest. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Coach, I asked you, I remember um busy week for you prior to the New Orleans Bowl. We had a Zoom call with you. It was signing day, early signing day. Just asked you about NIL and and how much, I guess, you were being asked about it from potential recruits. And, you know, a, a shortened version of what you said was that it's it's not to a point where it's having the major impact yet on early signing day at, at a school like Louisiana, but you know, kids are starting to ask about it, right? It's becoming more prevalent. Um, it does, from my standpoint, it, it seems to be having some kind of impact on, on the transfer portal. I get that a player can have a multitude of reasons for transferring, but how much of an impact do you think NIL is having on the portal, in your opinion? Oh, a big one. Um, a big one, you know, um, this is the first all season where we have the transfer portal and NIL, right? And um, and what you're seeing is that I think the lure of the money is is what is what is now. Is it drawing kids there, or are they being drawn by other factors? You know, I'm not going to get into that. That that is what it is, but it certainly has got something to do with it. Um, you know, and so we're working right now. You know, obviously to the biggest thing I think is to educate our players and we have something kind of lined up, you know, here in town, we're going to have someone that comes in to educate them, help them learn how to improve their brand, um, how to make them more accessible to NIL opportunities um, and, and do those things, which obviously we can't really have any our hands in that. So we're going to have someone who's going to come and do that for us. But, you know, the education of it, the fact of the matter is that the average NIL bill is $1,200 a year. Um, so, you know, people see these, it's like anything, you know, they see these major deals. This guy got a million dollars to do this. Well, that's the 1% of the 1%. Um, a lot of it is, you know, which is what a lot of our guys had, you know, Hey, do a couple of things, you know, make, make some money here. You know, you do do some appearances and do some of these things. So, um, you know, we just want to educate them on what's really, really out there. Um, and what's really happening. Um, and then, you know, truthfully, the thing that we've got to continue to do is make our players more accessible to people that want to help them with NIL opportunities. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that you try to tell these guys and that they, our guys, I think, really understand is that they are, they are buying your brand when they pay you. They say, I like Scott. I like what he stands for. I like the way he represents himself. I like everything that he does for our team, for our university, the way he represents us. I see him as one of us. I want to help this guy out and I want to, you know, make it, I want to give him an opportunity to make some money using his name, image and likeness. And, you know, you tell, you, you talk about that constantly and it's, you know, the, the, everything that you, everything you do matters type thing. And, you know, I think the NIL thing has, has significantly changed the game a little bit here. Um, you know, I mean, you just look at, at some of the other universities and you look at what they're doing and they have their own NIL department. Um, so yeah, it, it has become a bigger issue. Um, and I think that's not going to change unless if I don't think it's going to change, but the NCAA would have to have, do some serious modifications to the portal in NIL for it to change. It, it's in the early stages still. And I know, um, like you said, it, 
It's the first transfer portal coupled with NIL time ever. And so you, you've seen the impact. But, I mean, there are every, every school is dealing. I know we were talking specific, specifically about the NIL, but every school is dealing with the transfer portal. I mean, Alabama just played oh, for absolutely. a natty on Monday, and they had, they had seven players enter. So, um, absolutely. You know, I, I, you, you said Monday and uh, that, that you had talked to each of the six players on your team who chose to enter the portal. When a player on your own team makes that decision, does he? It might I don't know. It might be different for everyone. But do they tell you first? Like, how do you typically find out? It's just it's more of just a curiosity question on my part. How a coach finds out? Well, they don't have to tell us anything, um, which I, I don't. You know, I don't necessarily agree with the whole thing. They don't have to tell us anything, though. Um, they can go straight to compliance and put their name in the portal. We had uh-huh. one person who did that. Um, but compliance has to inform us before they put them in the portal. So I was able to talk to him, and, and truthfully, I, I don't know that he, I don't know that he understood the, the whole process. Okay. But anyway, um, all the other guys. I mean, they, they. I spoke to all of them before anything happened, um, you know, and and told them that you know I thought this is the thing that you worry about. Okay, is you worry about these guys that you know you know the things that they need, right? You know the, uh, the help they need. You know their, kind of their mental frame of mind. You know where they're at. You know the things that they handle well, the things that they don't. And your staff has built a relationship with them, and you know how to, how to manage the things that they need. And you, you're concerned because these guys, that they're going into the unknown. Um, and that's what you worry about, you know what I mean? Okay, you go put your name in there. You go jump in there, and what if it doesn't work out? You know, um, because naturally, I mean, I think everybody understands. Like, you know, when someone goes in the portal to leave, for us as a program, we can't just you can't just sit there and wait, you know, however long, and let them go figure it out. And if they want to come back, come back. I mean, we have a responsibility to 130 other players, plus everyone on our staff, plus everyone on support staff in our building to continue to move this thing along. So. You know, there's a there's a there's certainly not an infinite amount of time for them just to go out there and test the waters, and you you just you worry that what if you go out there and it's not as good as you think? You know, then you're stuck with nothing. And uh, you know, fortunately for our kids, that hasn't happened, and they're good players. Um, but there's 3,500 people in the transfer portal, from what I was told yesterday. Um, those guys aren't all going to have a home, you know, and that's that's just that's what concerns you, you know. So, you know, the, the conversation is more about. You know, what are you trying to get out of this? Like, what what do you, what are you hoping to achieve? You know, and kind of what is your plan? And you just kind of go from there. Yeah, I'd imagine as a head coach, it's that balance of you really care for the young man. You want what's best for him. And you also want to do what's best for the team. And so you... (laughs) Do you walk that tightrope, right? You want to help them, but like you said, look, we gotta, we got all these other people that we that are relying on us. Like we can't wait. Does the, you know, the NCAA has their own policy with it, and and then teams can make their own. Do you guys have a policy in place with the transfer portal, or is is it still kind of just new and I guess evolving as as this thing goes further into the future? Yeah, no, we have a we have a, a consistent. I mean. You have to be consistent in the way you do things. We have a consistent way that we're handling it uh, within our team, um, you know, and, and we're going to continue to do it that way because um, I think it's it gives them some time to think about what they really want to do. But at the same time, it gives us it gives us 
uh, it gives us ample time to decide the strategy we're going to use going forward, right? Um, you know, with how you replace the spot, you know, because I think if you wait um, and, you, and there's this infinite timeline, then you wait and then you never know what's going to happen. And, and you can't live in that world. Sure. Uh, there's enough uncertainty. You know, you can't live in that world. So, you know, I think there is trying to balance it. And I think you try to do what's right for the kid. But at, again, at the same time, you have to do what's right for the people that are here too, because uh, you know that's the responsibility you have. Every decision you make has to be in the best interest of the whole team. Uh, no matter how much you, you like a kid or you would like to have them or like to keep them, um, you know, when, when you compromise, you know, one time, well, then it just opens the door for, for issues down the road. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Michael Desimo is my guest. Spring ball coach, I know it's um, a few a few months away in terms of the spring game, but the team got back to campus um, yesterday, and looking at the offensive line just based on, you know, who's gone, it seems like a, a position where you don't have as much depth as you do at other positions, but when you have a kid like a, like a David Hudson coming back uh, for that young man and, and a position unit, you know, where you, you're looking for depth, how big is that for you just when a kid says, you know what, I'm, I got another year of eligibility, I want to come back, I don't want to play? Shoot, we recruited David Hudson now. We, we were We were... We were. It wasn't. It wasn't like he just came out of nowhere. We were trying to get his butt to stay. Uh, no, I mean it, it, it's huge because. And, and listen, and I'm gonna say this: like the O line position, you know, I know that's kind of that's the one, right? You know, because you, you lost a couple big names there, but you got Carlos Rubio coming back. He was our starting left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we only played two games with him before he got hurt for the year. He won the job for a reason. You know what I mean? He's a heck of a football player. So you got Rubio coming back. You got Tyler Brown, who was a key backup last year um, that had to have season-ending surgery. Um, you know, Tyler Brown was going to be in the top seven or eight guys that, that we were going to play. Um, you have Jax Harrington, who can swing in at, at guard or play out at tackle. He's got some position flexibility for us. That Jax is a good player. You know, people don't remember Jax's true freshman year. He was playing in games before he got, uh, got dinged up for the rest of the year. Um, so you got those guys, plus you have David Hudson coming back, stepping in. Um, you have guys that have played for us that have played really well. Um, you know, I think the problem that you have is you got some of those guys, you know, obviously coming off a of season ending surgery. Um, you're not just going to say, all right, boys, you know, take the gloves off. Y'all are good to go. You, you, you got to make sure that you do the right thing for them. Um, you know, but you go down the line at the end of the year last year, Nathan Thomas, I mean, my goodness, that guy played unbelievably down the stretch at the end of the year. Uh, you know, you got Landon Burton, who's been a backup. You know, really his whole his whole time here just kind of been sitting on go, ready to roll with it. Um, so he'll get an opportunity to go out there and compete. Um, you know, A.J. Gilley's coming back after a great year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then you got some young guys, like I said, you know, that are really ready to go. King McGowan, at, at an unbelievably athletic, you know, offensive tackle that we're really, really excited about. Uh, George Jackson, who came in as a mid-year kid last year out of Georgia, um, who shows promise, really athletic, you know, just got to keep coming along. So, you know, it'll be really, really good for the development of these young guys. But, you know, like I said, you know, on the outside looking in, you probably say, oh, man, there's not a lot. We feel really good about the depth. The problem, I think, right now is when you go through spring, some of the injuries you have, you kind of like, you know, to practice the way you want to, we'll just have to be creative with it. You uh, you get passionate when you talk about your players, coach, and there's an excitement there in your voice. Uh, I, I know that 
probably the answer to this next question I'm going to ask you can certainly evolve here between now and the spring game and certainly the start of next season. But thinking of guys that, 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 that are no longer there, like a Levi Lewis, Shane Valley, just name a few, but guys that sort of were, were viewed in that locker room as leaders. Who, who do you anticipate right now being the leader here um, as you guys get things revved up here in, uh, you know, between now and, and, and April? Well, there have a lot of guys on this team that have been leading for a long time. You know, I say this all the time. You're never too young to be a leader. Uh, you know, le- leaders, I mean, that, that's a natural thing, right? You can meet somebody and you can say, all right, that, that guy's different. And people follow no matter how old you are. So, you know, I don't want to get the two in the specific, you know, we have a bunch of guys in that locker room that have been leading, that will lead, that'll take over. Um, I think the thing that as a coaching staff you, you do is you want to let all that stuff happen organically. Right. Um, you know, I've been around places and I've seen it where uh, coaches try to kind of fabricate uh, leadership, if that makes any sense. They kind of try to force the issue a little bit. And the issue there is if you pick the wrong person or people, there's an issue. Um, you know, you, you're going to have you're going to have problems um, because you're trying to force something on these kids. And and look, at the end of the day, um, you know, these, these kids they they know what's real. They 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 are they are not. You can't you can't fool them. I guess is what I'd say. They understand what's going on. So, um, you know, we're going to let it all happen organically. Um, I think it's a great opportunity though. You know, there is a void, right? When you lose, you know, Levi, you lose Farad, you lose Max Mitchell, Shane Vallow. Shoot, the list goes on and on with the guys that, that were that were leaders for us. Well, the door's open now, right? And, and now it's an opportunity for some other guys. You know, the thing I keep saying, it's like new life, you know? And, and every time you have a class that leaves, you know, it's sad and it's hard because it's never going to be the same without them. But at the same time, it's a little bit exciting because it's someone else's turn, Um you know, when you talk about getting excited about it, I mean, I do, and we do, because, you know, that's that's the fun part is you get to see people grow and you get to see them mature and take on things that, you know, at some point maybe you didn't know if they were ever going to be able to do, and then you start to see it happen, and it just, that's what makes, that's what makes, I mean, that's what coaching is. Like, that's what makes it fun. That's why you love to do it, because you see people grow and get better and mature, and, um, you know, that's what makes it such a great job is because you get to see those people have success and do things maybe they didn't think they could do. ESP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We're visiting with Rage Cajun head football coach Michael Desimo. Coach, social media, right? Um, when you were in college, MySpace, uh, the early stages of Facebook, that was kind of the scene. When I was in college, it was uh, AIM. Uh, a lot of people listening may not remember mm-hmm. Instant Messenger, but do you remember your first social media account or, or social media experience? Uh, yeah, I remember my first social media account was Facebook. Um, and I remember just thinking, you know, the social media thing is dumb. Like, what is this? You know, this doesn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, and finally after, you know, Facebook was out and people had it and it's like a year or something like that. And everybody said, oh, it helps you keep up with people and this and that. So I was like, all right, well, whatever, get an account. Um, and you know, here we are now where we live in, in, uh, in social media, you know, a social media driven world where everybody has an opinion and everybody's got a platform to express their opinion, um, which obviously there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it just, you know, it just adds to the noise that's out there, right. About everything. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of voices out there and, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of opinions that float around. 
Well, for coaches, social media is such a big part of the job. Like, what what is your approach to it as a coach? Well, I mean, social media, you know, truthfully, in recruiting, it it helps us. Uh, it helps us tremendously. This is one of the this is one of the places. That's one of the fast. That's one of the best ways for us to connect to these kids. Um, because, like, you know, Twitter is kind of the way that that is kind of taken off a little bit, right? Well, when a kid becomes recruitable, all right, which is in, in September 1st of their junior year, that's the way to make first contact, you know, and that's the way, that's how I've recruited since 2016 when I got here. You start out, you send them a message, you try to connect there, you start building a relationship. Next thing you know, it goes to text messages, phone calls, um, in-person visits. They show up over here. They come to campus. You spend time with them. Then you start talking to the parents. And so social media is, is for us, it is absolutely vital uh, for work. And, you know, I know for me, that, that's, how, that's how I connect. You know, that's how you kind of get your foot in the door and start a conversation. You said that integrity is the first pillar of the Louisiana Rage Occasion football program. Uh, the tweet you sent out over a week ago when you gave the definition of, of integrity, what inspired that tweet, Coach? Because there was a lot of talk about all kinds of things going on, right? And there's a lot of talk about people, you know, doing things the right way and recruiting and how it's getting crooked and all this stuff and NIL and all these things. So, you know, I'm, you know, I had, I mean, I don't know how many conversations over over the break about NIL and transfer portal and all this stuff. And, you know, how many guys are y'all going to get out the portal? How, you know, and it just, it was just like, look, whatever that ends up being, integrity has, to me, you can't start building a program, building a company, building a relationship, anything without integrity. If that's not the first thing that there is, then it's all going to fall apart. And so for us, you know, we're sitting there and everybody's talking about all these things going on. And at the end of the day, the only thing I'm concerned with is doing things in our program the right way. I can't control what happens with anyone else's program anywhere else, and I don't care to. The only thing that matters to us is that we do this thing the right way, and we do it in a way that's going to make our fan base proud, it's going to make our players proud, it's going to make every parent of every kid that we've ever told we're going to do the right things, it's going to make them proud of the way that we do it. And, you know, I was sitting there and just had all these things and people talking about, you know, this and that's going on. It's like, look, I'm not even getting into all that. This is what it's about. And if people do things with integrity, we'll be just fine. I know you're, you're, you're a family first guy. Um, other than your parents, who has taught you the most about the significance of integrity in your life? Well, I mean, Every, people that come through your life, they all kind of help mold you into who you are. I mean, it goes down to, I mean, the teachers that I had in, 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 in school, right? The, the coaches that I had, you know, Coach Como, you know, whenever I was in high school, he was the reason that, you know, I remember just watching the impact he had on everybody at school. And I said, I want to be, I want to do that one day. I want, I want to make a difference wherever I'm working. And I want people to know that, that I'm someone they can follow, um, you know, coaches you've had along the way. I mean, Coach Munoz, the reason that he was a no-brainer to me to try to get over here is because of the way he did things. From the day that he got the job and we first talked, everything he told me he was going to do, he did. Um, you know, you, you said that Coach Napier, 
from the first phone conversation I had with him, I remember sitting in my office. I was getting out of college coaching. I was, I was ready to move on. I know that the first two years were, were rough. Um, and, and he asked me, he said, I want you to give it a shot. And he talked me into staying. And everything that the guy told me he was going to do with me, for me, from that point on, he did. And, you know, he showed me that you can do it the right way. And you can 100% have the success you want to have. So, you know, all these people that come into your life along the way, I mean, and, and certainly your family. I mean, my mom and my dad, you know, they, they're, they're honest as can be. And they're, they're true to the core. So, I mean, you know, in our house, you know, lying was not, was not something that was going to be tolerated and you know i mean it's just i don't know i mean it's just to me it's just decent it's just being a decent human being to tell people the truth and to do what you say you're going to do no doubt louisiana head football coach michael desimo has been our guest my final question coach i always appreciate the time um i i feel like i know how competitive you are about football from when you played to how you are as a coach and i've heard plenty of stories is that competitive a spirit like that? Like, is that are you like that with everything? Like, if it's like a poker game or like you're playing a video game, like does that does that come out as as well, or is it mainly just reserved for football? You know, it. I think it's well. I don't know. Some people might disagree. I think it's mainly football. You know, I mean, uh, we play a little noon ball around here sometimes. We play basketball in the off season at noon, and it. it can get a little heated down there. So I guess it happens uh, with that too a little bit, um, you know, but I think anything to do with really with that's work related and, and, and in this field you get really competitive about because it, you know, that's what kind of drives you a little bit, you know? Um, but as far as for, I'm not a gambler. I don't, you know, I don't really do the casino thing. That's not the type of thing that I like to do. I mean, uh, sports is really what kind of, what kind of gets me going. It always has been. It's always something. I mean, I've hated to lose more than I've liked to win since I was really young. Um, so, you know, I think uh, it's just kind of been driven home in me. But I think it mostly has to do with, with athletics and sports, to be honest with you. There you go. Uh, is is your wife competitive, or does Lindsay just get annoyed by your competitive drive to, to – well, I guess she wouldn't if it's just with sports, right? She If 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 you get home and you're like, uh, I'm good, it, I, I'm sure I'm sure it all works out then. Lindsay's way more competitive than I am, just so everybody understands that. She is the one – so – after our kids, after Thomas plays a baseball game, she's the one that's in there. Well, you didn't. That that second at bat was not very – I mean, she's going through the whole thing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, no, Lindsay's as competitive as anybody that I've ever met. Um, you know, I can't – you know, we whenever we were in college and stuff, we'd, like, we'd go to play tennis sometimes. I, we don't do that anymore because she – I mean, if she's not beating me, she's not happy. So it's like, okay, we, Stay we, away. Right. Right. we can't do this. We can't do this stuff together. No, she's as competitive as anybody. So she 100% to say she doesn't mind it. She's the one who drives it a little bit. Louisiana head football coach Michael Desermo has been our guest. Uh, coach, I know with the team being back, uh, your schedule is really busy right now, but always appreciate you taking the time, man. All the best, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line, all right? Of course, Scott. Appreciate you guys, man. All right, that is Rage Occasion Head football coach Michael Desimo.